and Matt. We're an interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. Good morning. Hello. Good afternoon. Good evening. What other times are there? I can say good too. But good night means bye-bye. Hello. (laughs) Fair enough. Hello, friends. This is Fawn, my cohort. And this is Matt. Nugget for today. I'm going to jump into it. The lesson of this nugget is really about how to be a good guest, even if you're the host. Or if you're on a date and a way to come to the understanding of being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Nuggetize me, Captain. I am, but if I nuggetize you right away, you're not going to understand why. It's not going to be clear, like, you're just going to think, why is she saying this story? I just want to say what the, the moral of the story is, is you have to be gracious. I was about to say, be grateful. Be gracious, even if you're the one offering the gift and then all of a sudden some gifts come towards you. Or no gifts come towards you. The art of being grateful. Yeah, being grateful and the art of being gracious. Here's the nugget, Santa Monica days. I don't remember who, but there was a point. What? Oh, dang, poor guy. What? Go ahead. No, I'm not. Okay, don't jump ahead. I I was going to say, I don't remember who set me up on this blind date. But it was before we met, the neighborhood was trying to have me date because they had gone through everything, you know, the past years to that point of all the heartache and the BS guy I was engaged to and all the nonsense, right? Right. And they felt like I had given up and I, I kind of had, I'm like, that's cool, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm okay. Rock on. But they, there was a point in time right before we met where my friends in the neighborhood were setting me up on blind dates and it was one disaster after another. Sweet. (laughs) There was one blind date. Again, I don't remember who set me up on this because he literally didn't know anything about me. And I realized he didn't know anything about the area that I lived in. So he asked me on a date and I said, okay, I met him and we, he had, he, he was so excited because he had so much planned for us. Well, awesome man with a plan. I like that. And I remember on the phone, he said, I'm so excited. There's this really cool neighborhood I want to introduce you to that I discovered. I'm like, oh, fantastic. So he's like, okay, we're going to walk. I'm like, oh really? Okay. So he discovered a really cool neighborhood within walking distance of where you lived for many years. (laughs) Listen, in our neighborhood, like some of us would go on big walks, like Marissa next door would walk two to three hours a day. She would just go on a walk about (laughs) early, early in the morning before her day started. She would just walk. Mm -hmm. She traveled through a few neighborhoods. So I hope you wore sensible shoes. I don't remember what kind of shoes I wore back then. I think, what, do you remember? Because it was right before we met. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't even remember what I was wearing, honestly. I remember what I was wearing when I first met you, though. Right. A gi. No. When I first showed up, it was that (laughs) dragon shirt that I wish I still had. Gotcha. I love dragons. Anyways, back to our nugget. So he picks me up, and we start walking down the street. Sweet. And... The first place we went to, I think, I don't have all the details. It seems like another life ago. I think the first one was the library ale house for Mm -hmm. dinner and drinks. And when we were walking, first of all, I didn't know where we were going. So we started walking north, north on Main Street. Yeah, I go north towards Santa Monica. I have no sense of direction. I'm just thinking about the mountains are on the... I don't know. The the ocean is on the west. Anyways, yes, it was north. So we start walking and people keep greeting me. 
like hi fun hey fun hi fun hi like it it within half a block it had happened probably five times right but and again, that was normal you were half a block away from your house your home but that was our neighborhood right. even if we were like 10 blocks away we all pretty much most of us knew each other and mm-hmm. it was like one big living room right and he thought that was strange but i could see the look on his face was not that pleased like what's going on right then he's like oh i know this really great cool spot for for a beer and to have dinner i'm like cool and you know much like when i watch movies i don't I don't guess what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm still not putting it all together. Right. That he said, I found this great neighborhood and let me show you. So little by little, I'm like, oh my God, really? Like he thinks he, he, he picked me up. Maybe he didn't because he was so surprised that everyone knew me and wherever we went, we would get comped. So we we go to the library ale house. We had comped beer, nice, right? And not only that, but I'm greeted like, "Oh my God, Fawn, hey, come on in!" Oh my God, she's actually out and about. And maybe it was a well, it was I, probably date night too, right? Well, the library ale house I didn't go to that often because you know I'm I'm not a huge fan of beer, and it's a little spendy. Um. Yeah, but there, you know, all these places always had happy hours, so we all frequented like all these places. I think maybe you got turned off by the fact it was called Ale House. No, I really liked it. It just, um, I don't know. My my thing is more. I I don't like to drink that much, and I don't like beer. I don't like the taste of it. But having said that, O'Brien's was a frequent place to hang out. I just didn't drink, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. For some reason, yeah, you're right. As far as the price, maybe it was a little bit more upscale than doing the Burger Madness. See, Library Alehouse to me was a place you go to celebrate an event. It wasn't a place to go on a Wednesday. And I, I'm not sure how their happy hours went back then. Mm-hmm. It was, it it all was dependent on the deals right the happy hours for us struggling artists of course yeah so wherever we went wherever we went this guy kept getting more and more suspicious and finally he asked the question like what's going on why do people keep (laughs) being so nice to us and why do you keep getting comped stuff because the world loves me so i said oh it's my neighborhood and come to think of it, I think I met him somewhere. So he didn't pick me up at the front door. Okay, so not that quite that now as... makes sense because yeah, and I was also very weary of strangers back then. You know, my heart was like closed a little mm-hmm. bit. I think I just met him on the corner or somewhere. Gotcha. And so he didn't know that I actually lived there. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he was getting annoyed instead of just saying, "Hey, this is cool." But I think he was annoyed that I took the wind out of his sail. Well, the guy wants to do the power move on the date. It's like, I really enjoy opening the door, for instance, because, you know, it's it, power move, eh, maybe, but it's, it's, it's masculine. And I like occupying a more masculine role when I'm out, for sure. That's true. And, and it was at that point I was starting to learn how to date, even though it was quite late in life i guess that's why <laughs> that's why i say we should let ellen allegra date early and date often right and you're like no hey not until they're 40 or 80 <laughs> do yeah, you want them to date in an ass come on is it it is okay okay See, seriously i seriously didn't think that i just yeah, thought you I, never i'm sorry them. sometimes i forget how gullible you are but anyway <gasps> how rude <laughs> anyway it is true though i believe everything <laughs> Unless it has to do with politics. So you're out on this date. This guy is starting to get uncomfortable. So you're right, though. I wanted to say that I didn't know how to allow someone to treat me, to treat me out. I always felt uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable about a guy paying for the date, all that stuff, right? And it took my friends, Drago in particular, would say you have to allow someone to have the honor of paying for you and he, he just said it in such a way that made me realize 
wow, I am worthy and I'm, I'm special. And it's a gift. Mm-hmm. And it's also a gift to have someone treat you, to have them open the door for you or pay for you on a date, you know, right. like pay. So it, it took me a while to relax into that. So you're right. I'm sure there were many other things that this guy didn't like, mm-hmm. aside from the fact that everyone seemed to pay attention to me and like comp me and comp <laughs> us, you know, and I, it took, it took his manliness away, I guess. Well, honestly, if you're not really secure in where you are and he probably was nervous, I mean, it's a date environment, right? Blind dates are the worst. Um, yeah, I have to assume. First absolutely. dates are the worst too. I mean, they're as far as stress goes. Right. No, no, no. Absolutely. Well, I, yeah, I think a blind date is like a first date times 10. Right. Because, you know, at least you know if you've asked somebody out, you've asked somebody out, you know what they look like, you have a sense of where they're at in their life, et cetera, et cetera, versus kind of this blank slate, like, so, do you have any brothers and sisters? I mean, I can't even imagine, never been on a blind date, so. You've never been on a blind date? Thank goodness. Really? Seriously. Well, yeah, I mean, come on. A guy getting asked on a blind date, like, what's the first thing that happens? The first thing that happens is the guy says, what's wrong with her? Right. Because why, why, why does she want to go out with me? And it's, no, she doesn't want to go out with you. I just think you two would get along. Well, well, what's wrong with her? No, no, no. She's really nice. She has a really great personality. Oh, oh, so she's ugly. I mean, it's just, welcome to the the world, the spinning world of the male psyche. Right. Well, anyways, we can't say male or female psyche. It's all fluid, you know, like. Let's say immature psyche then. It's just, you know, yeah. Okay. So. That was the one and only date I had with this guy. But I just thought, I always think about it. It was kind of funny. And that's it. (laughs) If he had leaned into the fact that the neighborhood was embracing us. Mm -hmm. And so what if he thought it was his discovery, this neighborhood, and then finding out this is my neighborhood that I live in. Right. He could have made friends with all these people that were comping him. (laughs) Right. That were giving him respect because he was with me, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like the sister to the guy that's serving the beer. Do you right. know what I mean? So, so, look, having gone through that experience with you, absolutely. You went through it too? A little bit. Really? Yeah. I mean, you knew every, I mean, where I lived, I didn't, I barely knew a yeah. guy who was two doors down. Yeah. And, and that was it versus knowing people who live next door, knowing people with them, having cool places to even go within walking distance. I didn't have that either. I was the anonymous city dweller. So true. You yeah. know, versus, you know, hey, oh, fun, come on in. Well, fun and that random guy, come on in and here, take this table and whatever. Well, everyone knew of you before you came to the neighborhood. And they would always say, what's going on with you and Matt? So they knew Matt, but they never really knew who you, what you look like. They just knew all of a sudden I started dressing up and like I had these mysterious breakfast meetings and lunch meetings. Mysterious. You know, they're like, what's going on with with you and this guy, Matt? So they knew of you before you came into the neighborhood and Mm -hmm. friends. So what happened was it was kind of hard to move into this neighborhood because it was rent controlled. I helped Matt get into the building that we lived in. He had his place and I had my place, but his was on a different floor and he was introduced into the neighborhood True. by moi. <laughs> yes. So the nugget is that the blind date in Santa Monica. Be gracious, be grateful. Sometimes you have to treat like how you say, honey, the, the world is your home. Even if you're not the host, be the host. Or at least be mature enough to accept good the good right today's show wait a second didn't you say you want to do the shout out oh yeah i have a couple shout outs but i want to say the name of the show today being a good guest being a good guest which kind of lines lines up with what we just talked about yeah exactly i have a couple shout outs the first one is we've been asking for our friends the listeners to please leave us reviews And that would be so appreciated. Please, if you could leave us a review on iTunes specifically. There's this one review that came in. I don't know who this person is. Totally terrific 
I don't know. I can't come up with 17 in a row. But can I just say thank you? Can I just let you know that I print each review and I put it up on my wall at my desk and I look at it every day. So this last review said, uh, the title is love, love, love this exclamation point. This person, whoever it is, knows us somehow. She quoted Albert Einstein. The quote is, there are two ways to live. You can live as if nothing is a miracle. You can live as if everything is a miracle. Albert Einstein. And she goes on to write, or he, I don't know. I'm assuming it's a she. I found one of my miracles. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, Vaughn and Matt, for your wisdom and sharing this with the world. Thank you. That, I mean, seriously, most of these reviews make me cry. They're so beautiful. This Thank is definitely you. podcast fuel. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. The other shout out is a super friend. I think I want to do a, a thing called super friends, like our guests and the people who really listen to every episode. Oh, if you do, please let us know. Let us know. So there are a few. Uh, today, I'm just going to give two shout outs. One was to these the 70A12. The other is my friend Angela, Angela Wilson. She is the founder CEO of Explorist. So Matt and I are vegan and wherever we travel to, even if it's around town, <laughs> we have to use an app to, to know where we can go. If, if it's far enough away, we have to know if we need food, where are we going to get it? Right. Because we're vegan. And so we use an app for that and that helps us out. So this is kind of like that. What she founded is something like that. If you have a mobility concern and for Angela and her husband, their son has, and everybody does, like some people have surgery, you know, there, there are ways you can't just go freely about town. Right. You have to think about, are there stairs? How can I get through? How can I get by? How... How can we enjoy this experience? So much like how we use an app for vegans, mm -hmm. this is an app for people with mobility concerns. Right. And this is everything from broken leg to elderly in a wheelchair to... To just being born a certain way. And yeah, you, you, there are concerns, right? Shout out to her company, explorist.com, E-X-P-L-O-R-Y-S-T. Dot com. All right. How to be a good guest. Can I start? Yes, please. By all means. When I was little, the family I come from, first of all, the family, the immediate family that I was born into, quite honestly, were pretty stressed all the time and angry and kind of hateful. I was always surprised by how the relatives kind of just put up with them for so long. And I, I actually had to cut them off. We had to cut them off. We did. And it's not funny. I mean, it's, it's not something I did so uh, lightly. Right. It took many, many years and many, 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 many therapists right. to, yeah, no, no, no. to get, get me out of that situation. I get it. It's just, yeah, the way you described it made me chuckle. I was more nervous than anything. Go ahead. Okay. So, but the family I was born into, it's very much like if you ever saw the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. It was exactly like that, but Persian. And we, the relatives would get together every week, parties all the time, get togethers all the time. Hundreds of people sometimes. Oh my God. I mean, it's, I'm telling you exactly like my big fat Greek wedding, same situation, right? Always in each other's business and very loud. And the dinners are not just like quiet dinners with seven people. It's 50. Right. <laughs> um, so as a child, every time I had to go to one of these parties, I mean, other people would call them parties for us. It was just like a Friday night. And <laughs> <laughs> anyways, so the amount of stuff that would happen in the house that I grew up in was so, just turmoil. I was always, there was always yelling, not in a good way. Um, always the major criticism, uh, the, the way I would get criticized, again, this goes into racial stuff too. Choices like, would be questioned. Like I was the darkest one in the family and always treated like, and said I was the ugliest and called fat. And looking back at pictures, oh my God, I was tiny. How dare you? Like, right. how dare you give body issues to a child right. that is not at all 
like first of all everyone is perfect i don't want to use that fat word but that's what was said to me and it made me feel a certain way and made me feel closed off going from that and never having the look that's correct enough or even having the right clothes first of all they bought all the clothes they i didn't have any clothes like that were party clothes so to get yelled at for not looking a certain way when we're going out right before we leave the house it was it was maddening and as a kid you can't just switch that off and go to a party and be like you know (laughs) yippee (laughs) so every time i was at a party i would be in a corner sulking right and it and i just wanted to be alone i didn't want to be around anyone Mm -hmm. my feelings were hurt and no one else really understood that in the relatives they just didn't get it and they would try to force me to dance and literally like grab my arms it would hurt the way they would drag me right to get out of the chair right to get away from the corner and it just hurt my feelings even more so i didn't understand the concept of a party or being a guest even being a host my my point is it took years many many years to all of a sudden in my own quiet space realize the responsibility you have as a guest how important that is i think it's when we started to have parties of our own honey Mm -hmm. that i realized wow the guest really needs to be a good guest what is it to be a good guest it's more than in, in a way you have to be a good host at someone else's party so to sit in a corner and to sulk or to not participate right is such a downer for the whole place right and that's what i came to the realization of i realized all of a sudden like a flip of a coin i became the life of the party because i'm like you know what i'm gonna go around the room and interview people much like how i don't know even if you do know them ask them questions talk about what they're wearing talk about how great they are and how great they look so wait a second so like the red carpet you say so who are you wearing today no (laughs) but you know i know it's it's the things it's the things we we teach our daughters but like when you meet somebody you know find something to compliment about them you know, oh my God, your eyes, they're really popping today, or that's a pretty barrette, or etc. I always remember little Elle. How old was she? Barely two. Wherever we went, she would like make an announcement that we were there. <laughs> you know, like we would go to swim lessons. Mm-hmm. She was two. We would go to swim lessons and you know those doors in auditoriums, they have the metal thing that you push down to open the door. Right. We, together, we would press that thing down and push it as hard as we could, and the doors would get swung open, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, you would see the huge indoor swimming pool. This was on Bainbridge Island, and the first little pool that you saw was for the elderly, and they had their aerobics, water aerobics going on, and they are the ones who got it. They understood the genius, because when we flung the doors open, Mm -hmm. and it was early in the morning, too, she would have her arms out and she would say good morning we're here to swim (laughs) yes she would and she would also go up to people immediately and go hi what a beautiful hat what's your name i'm fawn i'm i'm l she would say (laughs) i'm sorry i'm used to saying i'm fawn (laughs) i love that about her i didn't really teach her that she did that right so to do that at a party and even if you didn't cater the party and it's not your party but to taste the food and to help pass the food and go have you tasted this this is amazing partake to partake that's to me that's what i realized growing up that um are the kids awake because i can hear the bathroom um they're probably rusting. is that what that sound is i have no idea all right so that's my realization i came to about how to be a good guest Right. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Um, I think it's it's the responsibility of everyone at a party. And there's a reason why you were invited. So figure that out. You know, did you do you know the host? Are you somehow or another connected with uh, because of your date or or what? But there's always a good reason. And, and discovering that is almost like a little mystery during a party anyways. So, yeah, absolutely. It's one of the key aspects of being a good guest. 
I get that now. When did you first understand that? So when we lived, when we were living on in Port Townsend. Oh man, oh, it was a those people, place. The, well, they are the best. Do you remember when we had, we hosted a party for, and I was like, I, I don't know any of these people. We knew like one remember. or two of the people. And we hosted a party up. then? Ray and his girlfriend, and they brought oh, like three or four of their friends. They were really good guests. Can you describe? I'm I'm kind of having amnesia. I know, I know, and that's why, again, we don't we don't typically tell each other what we're going to talk about during the show. So this is what makes things fun here because it's all very, well, it's all reasonably real. You remember Ray the Welder? He was a really nice guy. Yeah. He talked about bringing a rock back from Idaho, which is something I didn't understand at the time. But looking back, it's like, wow, that's badass. To be like that, like. I want to take this artifact, and it was a big old, it was a boulder, it wasn't a rock, <laughs> to, to Washington, wow, there's somebody with some passion and some devotion to, I guess, rocks. But and anyways, that's literally someone we met in an alley. Well, you met, but yeah. We, I th- I we were together. Was, I thought it was more you, well, you would hang out with him though. Yeah, but we were together. I remember walking down this, in the shipyard, right? We were in the shipyard. Okay. And we saw this cavernous situation that was dark, but there was light inside this place and there was some guy working welding. I don't know how it all happened, but that's how we became friends. We right. were like, hey, hey buddy, what's what's going on here? What are you doing? <laughs> Anyways, we we invited him and his girlfriend over and they asked if they could bring some of their friends and they did. And there was there was we had five guests in our, our little place in Port Townsend. And they were engaged and they were fun and they, I think they brought stuff, but bringing stuff is not, that doesn't hinge in my mind, at least as to whether or not you're a good guest, but you need to be respectful of the space for sure. And if you, if you don't know, it's generally better to opt on the side of bringing something. In my culture, you always bring up right. something. But that's different. Um, yeah. When it, when in doubt, I would. But they were just really good guests. Like I had great conversations with all of them. They were all very engaged. I got to show off our place a little bit. They enjoyed the food. We had a good time. They suggested other things we might want to do. I think I want to say there was something something with music. I think we might have listened to maybe their tunes or I, I don't remember now. This was years, years and years ago now. But I do remember just what a pleasant experience. And remember? This in, direct contrast to say yeah hanging out with the folks oh my god so hanging out with the folks implies hey we're here if it's summertime then maybe you go swimming in the pool if it's not summertime then you kind of hang out in the living room differentiated from the family room kitchen or dining room and you do that for a while and then dinner is served and then you go to dinner and then you sit down at dinner and you have dinner and then after dinner, you go back to the living room, talk for a few hours, and then go home. And literally, folks, it's exactly that way every single time. It is so scripted. And even the questions, so what have you read this week? And God forbid if you ask me and I tell them and they roll their eyes. They, your dad actually rolled his eyes the first time you he can met hear me. It. You can actually hear hear them roll. Oh, my. No, he did. I know. He actually made a comment, too. Like, ugh. Really? (laughs) Like, what would have intrigued him? What would have made your dad go, oh, wow. And it's, it's, it's truly. What book would have impressed him, honey? It's truly a unique experience when they ask, hey, can you help us move the couch upstairs or something? Because then you at least have something to do and you at least break free of this very scripted kind of environment. I mean, that's a whole different culture right there. I mean, what we're talking about maybe isn't comfortable for some people. You know, we're talking about a very relaxed, um, what do you call it? Like improvisational interaction, right? right? You come over, you don't know what you're going to talk about. You don't know what kind of people are coming even, you know, some of them you don't know. No, absolutely. You you don't know what their politics are. You don't know anything about them, right? They could be crazy who that makes it for a good guest sometimes too. It does make for a good guest as long as everyone's reasonably respectful. True. And I say reasonably, they don't have to be very respectful, just reasonably respectful. There was a woman named Sark and she would, her, one of her quotes was invite someone dangerous for tea. (laughs) 
Nice. <laughs> you know, with your parents, that culture was very scripted. Yes. Like they had script a script in their mind of how they're going to have things go in their home. Right. You're going to sit here for 10 minutes. You're going to get up. You're going to go to the table. We're all going to sit. Everyone has their assigned seats. And for goodness sake, they there's a certain way to pass the dishes around the hey, table. Hey, you pass the stuff clock wait counterclockwise i didn't know that this was my first time with you people mm -hmm. and i went the other way and the, it was like horror well like it, how, it, what it's just totally confusing we can't have we can't have the that. way you all looked at me I, that was not okay <laughs> just because i passed <laughs> the greens the other way <gasps> how dare you like you all scolded me even you honey my god that's just not how it's done Excuse me, I See, was a that, guest and no one, that's no one told me. I was raised, and that's us being bad hosts. Frankly. No one told me. <laughs> you didn't warn me. I think you dropped something off your chair. My sweater. Thanks, honey. Yes. So, what were we talking? Port Townsend, and when we were invited to people's places mm -hmm. in Port, what is it about Port Townsend, Matt? I mean, Santa Monica. My God, my mentor, Santa Monica. Love. Thank you. Honestly, Port Townsend was I, like something else too. I think people are there because they're there, right? They're <laughs> not there because it's convenient. It's oh my close God. to work. Folks, it's... wait a minute. That was the bumper sticker. We're not all there because we're all here. Wait, how did it go? I don't remember. We're all here because we're not all there. Yeah, that's how the bumper stickers that we is all how had. The bumper sticker we went. even still have one of those bumper stickers. But I'm I'm telling you, it, it was a deliberate choice for people to live there. Right. And it was a deliberate choice to live the way they lived. And it was so isolated. Like you were on the tip of the continent. And to even get there, you had to drive a long way. And you had to take a ferry from Seattle and then drive a long way. You had to cross Across a an island. Of yeah. More than one because there was that big long bridge section too, right? Was there two? Yeah. It, it, it was an effort to drive there. So it wasn't like a sleeper community to Seattle the way Bainbridge Island was. And it used to be a purely military base kind of situation. If, yes. If you all look it up, there was a movie done a long time ago, An Officer and a Gentleman. It took place in Port Townsend. And it still totally looks like that. But instead of the well, forts being the total fort military, sure. it was turned into these resorts and like. Right. Um, but anyways, good okay. guess. Poor Townsend, and then yeah. and then over to my folks too. Let's not let's not neglect like that as its own topic. You know, on some level, to be a good guest in that environment, in my mind at least, involved stirring the pot, mixing things up a little bit, actually trying to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone without going to the living room and, you know, that kind of thing. And actually, yeah, it was more about when to pull people aside and then to acquiesce into the, okay, now we go to the living room and talk for a few hours kind but of thing. But like everything, okay, can I just say something about your parents? I just think that if you're not used to giving parties it doesn't even have to be a party party but if you're not used to entertaining all your issues are there but it's it's kind of like working out when you work out a lot all the kinks go away and the pain goes away and you get used to it like you mm -hmm. get into the rhythm right. and it's very fluid for you but if you're not used to entertaining and you entertain only for special occasions mm -hmm. quote unquote right. special and you know you only do it for birthdays and thanksgiving and christmas and mm -hmm. in your case easter right right when people get together in that situation all the resentments are there but if you do True. if you entertain a lot those things get erased out they get buffered out they mm -hmm. get the they get oiled and everything becomes fluid so even if you have your resentments and stuff you're used to entertaining so much and like being a part of the dance of socialization that those issues aren't so harsh and so what's the word like sharp like a rock it's like uh, ragged or i'm just gonna stare at you like this i hate it when you do that because you know exactly one word i'm looking no for. i you're don't just... actually uh, it sounds like rigid, but it's sharp, like a sharp edge of a rock. Never mind. If you're not used to entertaining, you don't know how to be a good guest. You don't know how to be a good host. I remember being in the kitchen 
and I wanted to be a good guest to your parents. Right. So I started to take the dishes and put them in the sink so I could start washing them. Mm-hmm. And your sister scolded me. See, as Persians, you would get scolded because a guest shouldn't be doing dishes. So like, I, I thought she was going to scold me for wanting to do the dishes because that's what I was used to. But she scolded me because I stacked the dishes and she didn't want the bottom of the dishes to get food on them. Right. I'm like... God, I'm that same way, actually. <laughs> but it, it startled me because I was thinking to myself, I had a choice word that started with a B. I'm like, mm, I want to... Beautiful. No. I was thinking, I'm washing these dishes, so I'm going to wash both sides. So what does it matter if some food touches the bottom of the dish? I was thinking, girl, do you not wash the bottom of the dish? <laughs> right. Like, I get do you know it. what I mean? Like right. what she had to go out of her way and scold me for stacking right. the I'm like, okay, so never mind. I have so many issues with that. <laughs> okay, so. But like that's not nice. <laughs> right. And I remember another time it was your sister again. I brought a plant over because I didn't want flowers to die, so I bought it was a poinsettia plant for Christmas. It was one of the things I brought was a poinsettia plant. She came running to me when everyone everyone had left the room. She was like, you know, that is very poisonous to our cat, so I'm going to have to have you take that back. I'm like, dang. Wow. Sorry. Like, I felt like crap. Right. I'm like, wow, why can't you just take it away? Like, why do you have to scold me like that? Right. But anyway, that's your sister and her personality. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, like, if you get together a lot and that wouldn't even matter it would be like you know like water off a duck's back do you know what i mean like oh well here she goes again yeah absolutely but because i i don't get exposed to that it's hard to deal with because it's it becomes the main issue of the party or the get together well right because there's kind of one thread for the whole night and you know everybody I guess the way my parents go at it is they want everybody to kind of experience the same thing. So there's one thread. So that's the one event you're really going to think about as far as that occasion. And it was negative as opposed to, I like a party to be a lot more free flowing. And that gives you and I something to talk about later because I had a conversation you didn't have that you weren't part of. And it's like, oh my God, do you realize so-and-so was such and such or has done this, this and such? And wow, and then boom, many flowers. But yeah, less. I like a less structured party as a host and as a guest. I have so many places to go with this. Another thing is thinking about what makes a good guest and what makes a bad guest and what makes a good host and what makes a bad host. One example of me being a bad host was back in Santa Monica. I had a friend come over. She was a martial artist also, but like she was a full on martial artist. She had come from sparring. She came from working out. Right. And she was from Switzerland and she was so smart, so cool, so like fit in with everybody. She was so wise and smart and funny, a delight to be around. It was her first time over to my place. Mm -hmm. And you know, I have a rule about shoes. Right. It really, like, I've always, pre-pandemic, I've always been a germaphobe. I've always been like, do not lay on the bed with your street clothes. <laughs> we, don't walk into the home with shoes. I don't want you to bring in whatever stuff you walked on out there right. into my spot right. that I roll around on. Right, and that's physically and spiritually and exactly. emotionally. So. Leave it at the door. Right. Leave it at the door. So she took off her shoes. <laughs> And I asked her to put the shoes back on because her feet, because she was sparring, they were dirtier than the shoes. Oh, <laughs> man. I don't know. Like, I had reached the point where I didn't know how to be a good host at that moment. Like, I freaked out because I'm such a germaphobe. Well, that's a tough one, honestly. Her feet were like, I've never sh- seen shoes that dirty unless you've stepped in poop. You've never seen feet that dirty? No. Her shoes were dirt that dirty too? I'm telling you, if you compare feet, like barefoot to Mm -hmm. a shoe, the Mm -hmm. bottom of a shoe that you've walked for months and months out through wilderness and everything, her feet were way worse than the bottom of a shoe. Right. That's what I tried to say. And you said, no, no, no. 
I'm just trying to have you understand the I horror of what came at me. Right. As I far get as it. germs and dirt. I get it. Okay. So a bad host on my part. I apologize. I always feel bad about that. Because mm-hmm. I said, uh, no, 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 no. Just put your shoes back on. <laughs> I feel bad. Nice. That was a bad, bad host. Bad <laughs> host fun. <laughs> Sorry, you just made me remember. We had a, we hosted a different party and we had people take off their shoes. And one of our guests was like, <gasps> Can I have some slippers? So I got him slippers. Quite funny. I remember that. That was our I had, baby shower. I had the 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 slippers I have are these knitted things that my mom does, and they're all colorful and you know you can't hide you know and they're they don't look like traditional like Ward Cleaver uh, slippers. They look like little kid slippers because they are pretty cute. Yes. Anyways, it's also cute when a grown man wears them <laughs> and he wore them and they're warm so there you go that was a good learning experience for me because i realized i'm not being a good host because i'm just asking people to take off their shoes that was l- another foot lesson for me years later <laughs> was please offer someone to be more comfortable in your own home you know so mm-hmm. they may get cold i'm hot-blooded yes you are so i'm always hot I never thought, oh, someone can be chilly. Right. Especially if they don't have their shoes on. Right. So, yeah, take care of their feet. Anyways. If I had those slippers, that would have healed that situation with my friend. True. With the dirty feet. Definitely true. Can you think of um, some other really good guests that we've had? Because we've had some terrible ones and we're like, ooh, we're never inviting them over again. Bad guest. Hi, Chihuahua. What are some good ones? Well, typically, I, I want to say here where we live now, when we do, and we haven't had anybody over in quite some time because of, well, pandemic. Quarantine. Uh, but typically, we're inviting one, maybe two people in, and we're all so excited, and we jump on them because there's four of us. Yeah, we greet them at the door, like, hysterically, like dogs. So I try and stay in way far back in the house but then i worried that people might think i'm rude or well i think they're so overwhelmed by and me, I, but that's just Ellen it Allegra. i want to get them away from the overwhelmingness <laughs> but by the same token i still want to be present so it's 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 a touchy thing but i think anybody who successfully wanders in here oh god i don't remember her name but um it doesn't matter okay. just describe it just they were here they had opinions they were very talkative they were a little confrontational, which, by the way, I love. I love having assumptions challenged myself. Um, I know who you're talking okay, about. Okay, good. It's interesting you think she was a good guest. I think she was a bad guest. Hey. Because she went into our bedroom, and there were a lot of people over. It was a different time. I think you were thinking about maybe another time she came over and it was just her. Okay. But the first time she came over, there were a lot of people here. Mm-hmm. And we were all congregated in the kitchen and she had gone to the, uh, I guess the girls gave her a tour. So she saw, she saw the bedroom and she saw, so we live like more Japanese or we did back then. This was a long time ago. Let's say we live Zen. No, the Japanese, um, you share one room and you have many mattresses in one room. Mm. It's a room strictly for sleeping. Right. Right. So not, people don't have eat their own, each separate bedrooms. Back then, the kids had their beds and we had our bed. Mm-hmm. And it was just a big room that was very zen. Right. Very, like everything is just white, white comforters, mm-hmm. white pillows. It was just purely for sleeping. That right. was it. She comes into the kitchen. She announces to the entire kitchen. She ha- doesn't know anyone in here. And she's like... How do you have sex? How do you have sex in the same room with your kids? <laughs> and the room kind of stopped. My friends were in the kitchen, so like they knew, you know, it didn't bother them. But because, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about stuff like that. But I thought for her to make because it was a judgy kind of a statement. It wasn't a question. Uh-huh. See, I'm not remembering that particular you were in instance. Room. I, you weren't there. There you go. I think you were in the living room with the guys. But like, I just was like, really? I'm thinking of a word that starts with a B in my head. I didn't say it out loud. I'm like, really? Bucolic? I know this, this B didn't just like 
for the first time being in our home start uh what's the word um i don't know the word but like laying that on me like judging me (laughs) so most of the time i think of comebacks months later when i'm in the shower and i have outbursts i think that's a lot of people is it Mm -hmm. because i always wonder like you and the kids are like are you okay in there what happened i'm like well outburst it can be a shock honestly (laughs) well i i wish that i was the type of person that had comebacks like right away yeah but then you'd seem all snippy and cynical and mean but if i was uh together enough to not make it snippy but anyway in this one case it did come out immediately and I hope it didn't come out as snippy, or maybe I don't even care if it did. But my immediate, I didn't skip a beat. I said, if you think the bedroom is the only place to have sex, that's a, you're, you have a poor sex life. Like if, like, do you know what I mean? I eat you all. No, 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 completely, completely and agree. And so that shut her up. Right. As far as that. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think she was a good guest because any conversation she had was very, confrontational like that and i could tell she had her own issues right and she was trying to bring her own issues out of other people like projecting onto others fair you know like i remember so for all of you out there i the way i have taught my girls everything is an open conversation with them whenever i feel like they're ready from the very beginning i had conversations about sex about world about how um politics and things right about how women are treated and how women should be treated from the very beginning our babies knew vulva vagina like the all the words that are so taboo we talked about money they knew about the stock market when they were like two and four we discussed credit cards back then i told Mm -hmm. them this is what it is every time i shopped i'm like you guys this is a credit card i told them how things work and it surprises me that people don't learn that until they're teenagers right you know even sex right so i've always had open dialogue with our kids Mm -hmm. and i definitely have spoken to them about the fluidity of people and their identities their sexual identities i said look you know sometimes they would say wow that person that woman has a really deep voice and they would ask when they were two right i'm like well this particular person that we were looking at they're transgender and they're like okay and so i told them what all that is so they were they were exposed to that whole world already right but this person that you were talking about because of her background and her sexual um i i I don't want to say orientation but like it just seemed like she had a chip on her shoulder because of the way she was treated. So she assumed everybody that nobody would understand her. But I I was walking in the living room and I caught her asking Elle if she was a lesbian or not. And you know, that's fine. But the way she was asking was uh, invasive to me. Like I, I was like, dude, it was as in as invasive of when she asked about our sex life in front of like this crowd of people she had not met before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but okay, okay. And now I'm starting to sound like a complete heel saying this person was a good guest. Thanks for that. Uh, but uh, no, but for I like, she was a good guest for you. I like challenge. I like challenging questions. I like somebody who just doesn't listen, kind of smile demurely and say, "Oh, well, that's nice," even if they completely disagree with me. I prefer dialogue. I think that's what makes things fun, as long as. Not that nobody takes it too seriously, but not that, but it, it becomes a problem when people become too emotionally connected to it. Just, you know, we're having a conversation, challenge a couple of my beliefs. It's fun. Maybe I'll revisit them. Maybe I won't, but you're not, you're, you're showing me who you are and I like to know who people are. I totally agree with you actually. And I did enjoy her as a guest. I really did. But, but maybe I'm saying I, I think <laughs> I just felt that I, okay, you are more comfortable with confrontation than I am. And yeah, I think I'm more comfortable with confrontation than most people. Most I, people are so scared of confrontation; it's not even funny. And confrontation, 
when I talk about confrontation, I think everybody automatically or automatically assumes it becomes this people putting up their fists, people are yelling, people are, no, it's, hey, what are you doing there? But the difference between you, Matt, and me, Mm -hmm. when people talk to you and they talk to me, it's totally different. The way she would talk to you is different than the way she would talk to me. So whenever you guys, when she challenged you, she, I felt like there was respect for you from her. But when we had a discussion and maybe we were getting to a point of me trying to say something that she didn't quite understand or agree with right she started raising her voice at me and it felt like oh my god she's gonna cut off the friendship right here. i thought she was gonna yell at me because her voice would get high right. so again people treat you differently so that's why you had a different experience with her okay no 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 and i completely understand that but that again is i guess part of being a good guest is be respectful yeah i just think that she just brought too much of her baggage mm-hmm. and she just chose not to give it to me i can understand that Okay. So anyway, I don't know why I'm having trouble thinking of really amazing guests that we've had, but it's just fun to talk about that anyway. You know, I'm, I'm kind of still stuck on me trying to be a good guest. And as I'm talking about that, I'm realizing there were times where I was not a good host and you can always do better. Right. Well, let me talk about one occasion where I was a bad guest. Do tell. So I was over at my buddy's house. And we were just hanging out, right? Teenagers. Oh, dear. Anyways, it's a hot day. I was very thirsty. Mm. So I opened his fridge, you know, try and find a soda, right? Because this was back before I was drinking. I was probably like 18, 19, just arrogant, just fill in the blanks. Anyways, and it seemed like for the past couple of months, every time I opened the fridge, I always saw he had this Texas-sized Coke in the fridge. So he wasn't around, and I didn't think... And I opened it, I started drinking it, put it, went, went into his, I guess, living room, put it down on the ottoman, whatever you want to call it, coffee table. And he came in, sat down and he stared at it. And then he said, do you know how many times I've thirsted for Coke? Turns out that was a very special Coke. So it was this Texas sized one. He got it in Texas, living in California and I drank it. Now. I could, I can come with all kinds of excuses. Hold on. So yes. this is something he had held like treasured and he was just saving it. a plastic it. bottle of Coke. So much like someone has a comic book that they don't open, bring out of the case. But it's in a case. You can't get to it. Yeah. But the people were like, someone like me who, before I met you would say, oh, look, there's a comic book. Let me take it out of the plastic and read it. I wouldn't know. Yeah, but I wouldn't have it. But for him, it was something like that. It right? was in the fridge. And again, I'm making excuses. This is our fights, by the way. You always make excuses for something you do. And you don't say, oh my God, I effed up. I'm so sorry. Well, I'm you owning, make excuses. I'm owning it now. I know. But so, this is years later. So I felt like crap. Is this Dave? But I still defend it. Is this it. Dave? Of course. Oh, Dave. I know. But anyways, I still defend it because, Yeah. And I'm foolish, but I was a bad, I was a bad guess. Actually, you told me this story three weeks ago mm-hmm. because we finally heard from Dave. True. And I hadn't heard from Dave in a while. He had emailed me and I said, I have a message from Matt. He, he, what did he say? He said, I still have the thirst. Right. I'm like, so I told you, I'm like, Matt, this is what he said in the email. What does this mean? So you told me. Right. story and and honestly see if i had done anything that foolish today i would definitely try and make it up to them hopefully i wouldn't do that again but if i did i'd, I'd do I'd, I'd move heaven and earth honestly to try and make it right but anyways a whole other story but it's so cute it it tells you what a good host he is because he didn't yell at you he just was like oh he was in shock oh Man. I know. I know. And I feel like crap. Yeah. But when I'm in shock, I like beat my <laughs> fist on the table. <laughs> That's not really shock then, is it? It's more awe. <laughs> For you. Anyways. Oh, man. All I right. Know. I know. So you took his Coke. I did. Bad guess. There's a, there's a 
there's a fine line because there are people who say to be a good host, you let the person come in and have at well, no, no, to no. Your own, Honestly, to your home, to right? To be a, a good host, in my mind, is... In your mind. You create an environment where that person will feel comfortable. And some people are comfortable being served. Other people are comfortable when you say, there's beer in the fridge, go have at. Some people, it, it really depends. You have to know. So when we were talking to KJ and you said, to be able to converse with someone and to have a relationship with someone, you have to know what language they use, what words they use. You have to be aware of what the wordage is and how they speak. So when you have a conversation with them, you know what words trigger or this is how they communicate. Right. These are the words that they use, right? It's kind of the same in this situation because you have to know the person you're going to the house of is okay with you just going into their fridge and taking whatever you want. For them, that's being a good host. Right. You know, for no, them, no, no, absolutely. For them, that's you being a good guest to know, hey, you want something to drink, go get it yourself. Right. For me, it's not that way because my home is my sanctuary and I have OCD probably. I've never been tested, but I do like the jars facing precisely this way. I don't like any dust anywhere. I like things clean and best believe I know where everything is and how everything's placed in the refrigerator because I keep a tally of what meals I'm going to be making for the week. And I know I have to know where things are and I have to know how much of each ingredient still exists. So I have to know what's going on. Right. And being a germaphobe, I don't like people coming off the street without washing their hands and going in the fridge. Mm -hmm. It freaks me out. Right. So you have to know me and to know that you're being a bad guest if you just raid the fridge. If you walk in with your shoes and again, fine. It's, it's honestly, but you it's have a fine to know, line. right? Yeah. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's a fine line. It's an interesting fine line that you kind of have to figure out as you go. So as a host say, I will get that for you as a guest, hear that as a, as a host say, grab whatever you want out of the kitchen as a guest, hear that with different, different hosts, different guests, right? Right. So what do you do when you're a friend of a friend going to someone's house? And I know we're all in lockdown and this thing will be over. Yes. So we have to start thinking about how do we go over to someone's sanctuary? Right. How can you tell by just stepping in? How can you, there are so many cues to pick up on right away. Right. So how do you know, oh, this person is a freak about germs. Right. <laughs> how would I know that? Or how would I know if I'm, to be a good guest, I'm to get my own drink. Right. Or or I'm not supposed to do that, or I'm supposed to wait until being offered a seat to sit down. Well, yeah. Do you remember we went over to somebody's house when we first moved to Colorado, and we're used to being told, please come in, please have a seat. Mm -hmm. So we literally stood in their living room for 35 minutes. <laughs> no one ever offered a seat. And right. then we ended up leaving. <laughs> like we weren't there that long. We never sat down because right. they never offered us. Please have a seat. Right. So, yeah. And, and honestly, there's always going to be that sense of awkwardness. And I think with the pandemic, it's going to get worse because people have been so clustered and not letting people come in because we talk from my front porch or we talk in the garage or <laughs> as we do from the balcony. Yeah. It's going to, it's, it, there's going to be a lot of social awkwardness for sure. And the social awkwardness was there, but no one was really admitting to it. I think this is a conversation that should go on and on. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. But just, just bear all of that in mind. As the host, I think it's a little bit more your responsibility to guide to wherever it is you want things to go and not make... Basically, it's usually a bad move to assume. Yeah. Assume. Assumption has never been my thing. I'd love to hear stories of how other people have been guests and hosts. Yeah, and it feels like we're just scratching the surface on this one. We totally so are. We need to, I think we need to go a little deeper at some point. Yeah, but we're, should, should we just wind it down and like talk to you guys next week? I think that's the right thing to do. All right. Think about what kind of get-togethers you're, you're wanting to have. Because folks, friends, this will be over. We need to get through it. But before you know it, we'll be hanging out again. 
in person. Exactly. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Think about being a good guest and what kind of conversation starters you're going to have or like how you're going to notice things you've never noticed before in some other person in the room. There you go. And how you'd approach them. All right. Talk to you next week, guys. Sounds good. Bye. Bye-bye.